and welcome back to another week. Happy 4th by the way. This week's theme is a summer barbecue. We're going to be looking at some sacred cows. What are sacred cows? Well, they're some commonly held beliefs and practices that are prevalent in the church that are often immune to questioning and criticism. But we have to ask, why do we believe these things? And why do we practice them the way they do? And most importantly, are they biblical? And our teachers are gonna help us understand some of these in our lessons this week. Some of the sacred cows we'll be looking at throughout the week are things like tonight. I'm going to look at anointing and who is anointed. We're also gonna be looking at the use of titles, self-determination, which is uh, the what people believe are is under their own control. Things like my body, my rights, etc. And we're also going to be looking at uh, who is able to pray for whom. In our Wednesday night Bible study, we're going to be looking at the uh, function of the priesthood versus the role of the pastor or shepherd. So this week, some of your uh, sacred cows might be set ablaze. Some of our sacred cows might be set ablaze. And so for our engagement for the week, we ask that you take time to reflect and pray and earnestly ask God, what are some sacred cows in my own life? And he'll lead and direct you on those. We hope that you enjoy the series this week. Tonight, I'd like us to look at anointing in both the Old and the New Testament. But first, let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for another opportunity to study your word. Help us, Lord, as your people who desire to please you, Lord, in growing in our understanding and stretching our faith, Lord. And God, I just pray that you help us to um, hunger and thirst after your truth. Lord, keep our minds and hearts open tonight to your word as we dive into a new theme this week. Lead us and guide us, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to begin with just defining uh, anointing and being anointed by the Holy Spirit. So the intent of anointing is to be consecrated it's to be set apart. It's to uh, make something holy for divine use. Um, and anointing by the Holy Spirit is meant to empower an individual or group to do the work of the Lord. So to be anointed by the Holy Spirit means to be sanctified or to be made holy, set apart. Um, and to be in line with the teachings of the Word of God and the leading and the ways of the Holy Spirit. So if we look at anointing in general in the Old Testament, um, we see it used in a material sense where anointing something with oil uh, symbolized uh, like God's people. In, in the book of Exodus, we see it for the first time. God's people anoint uh, people and things with oil to separate it unto God. But uh, later on in uh, Exodus chapters 28 
and further we see for the first time god anoints um an individual the spirit of the lord anoints an individual and tells moses to go anoint and consecrate and sanctify all meaning the same thing to set apart aaron and his sons so that they may minister as priests under the authority of the spirit of god and so anointing becomes this prerequisite to serving as a priest and as we go further in the old testament um, the anointing god's uh, appoints people and he anoints some other offices or positions that include uh, kings prophets and priests those are three positions that we see the spirit of god anoint to carry out his purpose and his will in the old testament and so when we look to the old testament who's doing the anointing it is the spirit of god who chooses and anoints the prophets kings and priests because humankind or man cannot empower himself we cannot empower ourselves to do the work of the lord it comes from god and god chooses whomever he wants to to consecrate unto himself and time and time again we see in the old testament i'm not going to go through you know all the examples because there's so many but we see time and time again that uh, the people that god chose sometimes it was the young sometimes it was the the weak you know perceived weak by others sometimes it was the old the very old that god chose to carry out his work and anoint and the people the biblical characters in the old testament didn't like god's choice we see that time and time again but it's god it's his spirit who anointed and empowered for uh, all these biblical characters in the Old Testament to carry out his divine purpose. And the shift we see then going into the New Testament is that, well, first of all, in the Old Testament, in the Psalms especially, but in many of the other books, in the uh, uh, like Isaiah, we see that they uh, God's people are waiting for the Messiah. And Messiah means the anointed one, um, capital A, capital O, right? The ultimate anointed one. And uh, that's the shift that we see occur in the New Testament, of course, with the fulfillment of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, Jesus Christ is uh, recognized as the anointed one, the Messiah in the New Testament. And so in the Old Testament, we see that uh, anointing is something that dwelt upon a particular person for a particular situation. The anointing in the Old Testament was for a specific purpose. Um, and it was oftentimes kind of limited, like God could... Uh, put his anointing on somebody, but he could also take it back. We saw that in the cases of some of the kings uh, in the Old Testament. 
But in the New Testament, who is the anointed one? The anointed one, and I'm going to read some scriptures here, uh, is recognized in uh, Jesus Christ. Acts 10 and 38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke 4, 16 through 19. This is Jesus speaking, and he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. Um, I believe it's out of the chapter 61. Um, and Jesus is de declaring himself to the leaders and the hearers in the synagogue where he is teaching um, that he is the Messiah, the anointed one. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus is the ultimate anointed one, the chosen one. He's the ultimate king, the ultimate priest, and the ultimate prophet. And he's acknowledged as the anointed one, uh, several verses in scripture, but I chose John chapter 1, verse 41, that says, Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And in the Greek, it means the anointed one. And so another shift that we see in the New Testament with anointing, uh, because Jesus is the anointed one, is that as spirit-filled believers, um, now all Christians are anointed. Now all Christians, through the Holy Spirit, as spirit-filled believers, are chosen for his specific purpose in furthering God's kingdom. First John 2 and 20 says, But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you his spirit, and all of you know the truth. Perhaps tonight my favorite uh, passage of scripture in regards to anointing in the New Testament is out of 2 Corinthians chapters 1, verse 21 through 22. It says, it is God who enables us along with you, the church, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned, in other translations it says, he has anointed us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. And so, our Bible study this week is going to look at um, the priest and the uh, pastor shepherd. But I did want to bring attention tonight, since we are talking about the anointed one, Jesus Christ, that Hebrews chapters 3 and 1 calls Jesus our high priest, the high priest. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, 
Think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. And it is his spirit, the comforter that was sent in return um, to abide in us as his people. By his spirit dwelling within us, we are then his royal priesthood. First Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So how each of us as spirit-filled believers, as his anointed, as his chosen, how we fulfill his purpose, um, the scriptures tell us that varies. And we know this. We've done other in-depth Bible studies on the lists. Um, and of course, there's more beyond these even found in scripture. But listen, Ephesians and listen, um, Corinthians of functions and giftings that the Holy Spirit um, imparts and empowers each individual believer with. Um, we are all anointed to fulfill his purpose and mission in this world as spirit-filled believers. And Paul teaches throughout his epistles, um, I know specifically in um, Philippians uh, chapter 2, when Paul talks about having the mind of Christ as the church, Paul emphasizes often that as believers, we not esteem uh, what God has empowered and called us to do um, as higher than our brother or sister in Christ. In fact, Paul calls us to the life of servanthood, ministry, minister. All of us are anointed uh, by the Spirit of God and called to do the ministry of Jesus Christ. I know we think of ministry as leadership and as certain functions within a church. But ministry, minister is simply servant. And we're all called to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. And Paul says to actually prefer your brother and sister in Christ, not esteem yourself higher than them, um, and consider yourself lower than your brother and sister in Christ. So uh, Paul also teaches and I like this emphasis in terms of speaking about the anointing. Um, Paul often emphasizes that the highest calling any Christian can answer in Jesus Christ is to be a disciple of Christ. That is our highest calling. And if I can say it this way, the, the, the uh, functions and the giftings um, that the Holy Spirit gifts each individual believer to do his service in the kingdom of the Lord. Um, uh, each of those are a call within this call. So uh, the way that we carry out how we serve the Lord and how he leads us as individuals to do that is a call within this greater call of being a disciple of Christ. So we're all anointed by the same spirit, by the spirit of Jesus Christ uh, dwelling in us. And we're all empowered by the same spirit 
to do the work of the Lord in our world today. And each believer uh, has an individual function and purpose and giftings given by the Holy Spirit to fulfill um, the work of the Lord in our world. But no one's function is more important than anybody else. And if I can uh, reiterate, our highest calling, the thing we can respond to that is the greatest in our Christian walk is to be a disciple of Christ. So I hope tonight that our look at anointing in both the Old and the New Testament brings us clarity on uh, that we serve the anointed one, Jesus Christ, and that by his spirit, each of us are his chosen, his anointed, and how that is fulfilled is through the many gifts uh, that the Holy Spirit um, imparts on each believer. And uh, we are all equally important to one another and in the eyes of God. I pray you have a blessed evening, and we will see you tomorrow night for another lesson. Good night.